Hey, how's it going? Welcome into the Irish NFL show. This is week one of the 2022 season. Joined uh, Michael Quaid, joined by Colin Cronin and Mark Cockerell. Brian Lads is not here. He's at the Garth Brooks concert in Crook Park. I hear. So uh, a very very warm welcome to everybody, including Brian, who I thought we could get going for a second there. Colin, first off, welcome into you week one. How are you feeling? Great. Uh, we had a fantastic game to whet the appetites last night and uh, looking forward to 14 fantastic Sunday fixtures. Michael, you touched on there about uh, Garth Brooks. It looks like uh, Mark Screen has him backstage at the Garth Brooks. At the Garth Brooks. I was going to say Garth Brooks. Do you remember him, the footballer? Played for uh, I met him not that long ago. Um, yeah, look, let's get into the action at last. We're here, week one. Uh, great slate of games to get through. I know we touched on some of them last night, some talking points uh, ahead of the games, but we're going to make some picks tonight. And uh, fair play, just lads, got it all right last night. I got it horribly wrong. Um, and for, for a while, it looked like the Rams were as he dared, but it's a great second half to play from the Bills. Your picks this week are probably going to be as good as Von Miller's haircut. Mark, as long as you sound okay, I don't care, but we can't even see you now. So. I'm here. Hi. Josh Crooks used to host Football Focus as well. At least we have a focus on football. So that saves me now. Did you mention Crooks, Brian, from making lots of Garth Brooks puns? So that's probably a good thing. Okay. Okay, well, yeah, let's, uh, you know what, let's just roll on. If it were here, we've got, uh, obviously, the Rams got beat by the Bills last night, and we'll talk about that if we get time later on, but we're going to look ahead to week one Sunday. Uh, there's loads of games on Sunday this week, loads, there's 14 to go through here, so we're going to start off. Um, obviously, this is presented by Cassidy Travel. Cassidy Travel are Ireland's number one travel agents, and also, um, they have got some great deals. Just search Cassidy Travel. Um, if you want to try and get a good holiday uh, for the NFL I just I can hear people in my ears sorry folks uh, Cassidy Travel are the best travel agents in Ireland fantastic NFL holidays uh, you, they can bring a customised quote for you as well if you want to contact them their information will be on the screen for tonight's broadcast as well and in the bio on YouTube and also um, on our podcast if you listen to their podcast thanks a million we think we've charted fifth in Ireland on football that's incredible thank you so much uh, and we'll talk about that maybe later on at some point uh, okay let's get into it let's start off uh, first game I think we're going to look at lads if I am correct is uh, the six o'clock game between the Saints and the Falcons Colin we'll start off with you man uh, Saints and Falcons an interesting game Winston in a quarterback uh, hoping not to go 30 and 30 and the Falcons have got Marcus Mariota quarterback what's your thoughts yeah, it's uh, an interesting one because uh, it's kind of the second chance saloon. Uh, you have Dennis Allen, who was 8-28 and in his head coaching career with the Raiders, now looking to uh, you know make a better fist of it second time around. You have the number one pick from 2015 going against the number two pick from 2015, both of whom are you know trying to, to make it, I suppose, in their second time around as starting QBs. Jameis and Marcus Mariota. You also have in the defensive coordinator for the Saints, a man who has been in the game longer than Bill Belichick, 
defensive coordinator Dean Pease is starting his 50th season uh, coaching, which is uh, just a, a phenomenal record. Um, for me, look, the, the Saints, while I think people might be overestimating them when I've seen some predictions that they, they could go all the way to the Super Bowl, uh, I'm not sure about that because of the, the QB play, but I do think they have a very good roster. Uh, and I do think that this is a, a total rebuild for for the Falcons. So for me, it's uh, going to be the the Saints who are going to go 1-0, similar to what they did last year. Who you got, Brian? Well, I just wanted to jump in on what Colm said about Dean Page. you got to love the hype this time of year. you got to love all the teams. No one's played a game yet, with exception of last night, and everybody's really... really has high hopes for the team. Dean Pease said this week, by the end of the season, this Falcons defense is going to be the best in the league. And he goes, you won't believe it now, but you will come again in the season. Then you look at the players that they have and you're wondering, where, where is he getting this assessment from? Because the guy who had the most sacks for them, sorry, the guy who had the most sacks on their on their team, in fact, had him last year with the Giants, Lorenzo Carter, and he couldn't stay on with the Giants. Um, you have some bright spots in the secondary. But, and a few good players on, on offense, let's be fair. Like, you have a Kyle Pitts, Drake London was drafted in the first round. There's other players there that they've had over, over the last couple of years. I've done really well. Cordell Patterson, you know, he last year, Swiss Army, like, type player. Never know what you're going to get from him. But I think this is like, Colin said, this is a rebuild. Mariota's going to play, but at some stage this season, we're going to see Desmond Ritter. And for the Saints, they really do believe that this is the year in which they're going to make a real push to. Challenge the books was they obviously to beat the books. They haven't won the division in the last couple of years. So well, they actually did two years ago, but they didn't last year. They had the number. There's expectations. Dennis Allen, yeah, I understand people are concerned about the transition over head coach, but he has been there eight years. He is still going to remain as a defense coordinator for the team. They've got players on offense. Thomas Olavi, we talk, spoke with him last week. Landry's come in. Uh, Galloway's still there. Kamara. They've got the players to put put all this together. So for me. It's a good, good spot for them, a good game to start the season uh, moments on, on the Saints as well. I just I just want to buy a Swiss Army knife. Was that Swiss Swiss Army knife, Brian? I'm going to get one of those. The Andre Swift. I was thinking about him on Sunday. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, look, you, you know, Brian's list off the entire Saints roster, so I'll mention a little bit about the Falcons. But, I mean, on the Falcons, yeah, Carl Pitts is a bright spot. There ain't that many after that. Like, this is a complete rebuild. I've already given in my bold predictions the suggestion that Falcons be the number one pick in the draft next year. Um, I think with the way they've treated Matt Ryan this offseason as well, they kind of deserve it a little bit. Uh, uh, there's, there's definitely a way to treat someone who revived your franchise after... Um, yeah, Michael Vick and the way in which he left the franchise um, and the way they handled the manor, frankly, didn't sit well uh, for many people, including myself. Marcus Mariota gets another shot, probably deserves it. Had bright spots, obviously, with the Raiders in very much spot duty. And Falcons fans, if you're looking for a high spot, I think in his only career game against the Saints before he threw for 371 yards, four touchdowns, 135 passer rating. So... He's good memories of playing them, which is good because he's going to play them twice this year. But in my mind, he's going to lose twice this year. Um, the Saints are lesser without Sean Payton, make no mistakes. But they've got more than enough to handle the Falcons this weekend. 
I'm really excited for this game. Sorry, I wasn't on mute, folks. Uh, really excited for this game this weekend because Jameis Winston's going to ball out the season and win the NFC South. The combination of Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave is going to be unreal to watch. Never mind Michael Thomas. Uh, the Falcons, the Falcons were in for Deshaun Watson. Um, and quite frankly deserve where they are at the minute with Marcus Mariota Desmond Ritter could be starting by the third quarter and it's a complete wash here I think we're all going for the Saints and I'm going to move on let's move on to Cleveland talking about the Sean Watson he's not playing against the Panthers uh, Colin Baker Mayfield going up against his old team a team which he flourished for for a couple of years and then went down a little bit you could argue a little bit a lot uh, injury prone it's his time to maybe Come back and try and right uh, prove 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 everybody wrong. Is that fair to say? Uh, it, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. I, I thought you might have the revenge klaxon for this. And uh, what I will say for, for Baker is he'll be very glad to be going up against uh, or not to be going up against AJ Terrell, who I think the lads may have forgotten about is one of the best lockdown corners. And I suppose if Dean Pease is to hang anything on what the, and the, yeah, I, I question they're not going to be one of the best, but he could be one of the best and, and, uh, both of the Browns and the Panthers would like to have a cornerback of his caliber. This, to me, I suppose Baldy talked about it during the week. Uh, when Baker left Texas Tech for Oklahoma and he wanted revenge in the next three years playing against Texas Tech, he dropped 66, 63, and 49 points on them. He's not going to do that uh, against uh, this Browns team, who are very talented both uh, up front uh, defensively and in, in the, the secondary. But um, with DJ Moore, with Robbie Anderson, I think he has um, weapons there. Christian McCaffrey is healthy. He may not stay healthy, but he is healthy. I think um, that will be enough. The issue with Baker is he can't remain focused, but when Baker has a point to prove, I think um, between that and, I suppose, um, the the fact that Run CMC is just a fantastic talent, I can see the Panthers getting the, the victory because... For the, the Browns, it's it's all going to be about Nick Chubb, um, but I don't I just don't think they they will have enough, and I think the Panthers are going to be really focused on on this. Matt Rule needs this um, in order to save his job. I've been torn on this game all week. Um, I've sided with one team for quite a long time during the week, and, and I made a change today. I had to contact uh, Michael this morning and say I've, I've revamped my thoughts on this game, and I'm going to go with the Browns. I looked at the Browns defense, and we spoke during the season. As I spoke during the offseason and we spoke during the kind of the previews around the fact that whilst their quarterback situation is in flux, they still have a really solid defense. And Icky Aquan is making his, his NFL debut on Sunday and he's going to line up against Miles Garrett and their Tottenville, swapping him over to Clowney and then vice versa throughout the game to kind of make it as difficult as possible for him to establish a foot in the game. And I look at this front seven, the Browns, and whilst they had their problems last year, they still were arguably one of the best in the league. Secondary's improved. They've got safeties there. They, then I look at the weather. is supposed to be really bad on Sunday in this game. It's going to be really um, adverse weather conditions. I look at how Baker Mayfield played. And poor weather last year. Okay, he had an injury. Or even the previous season when, when the teams were better and he was doing better, he still had very off days when, when the weather wasn't his suiting. And then I think it's going to come down to a run game scenario. And then I look at Chubb and I look at Hunt. And McCaffrey and Chubb. And I know uh, Chubb Hubbard, second year in the league, and he was, he, he was quite good last year when McCaffrey was out of it. But who do I trust more, Chubb and Hunt, to get to get, get the job done? And 
make things a little bit easier for Jacoby on his fourth game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, and I see the Browns just edging. I, too, have to find the mute button, Michael. It's catching very quickly. Um, but uh, the goddess of Ramnus, does anyone remember who the goddess of Ramnus was? The goddess of Ramnus was Nemesis, who is the Greek god of revenge or retribution. That is what Baker Mayfield hopes to enact this week. There is no doubt. I talk about Falcons mistreating Matt Ryan on the way out. Baker Mayfield, rightly or wrongly, certainly feels mistreated by the Cleveland Browns, and he would love nothing more than making a point in this, the first game uh, of his Carolina Panthers career, um, but again, against the Browns themselves. I mean, he's beating out Sam Darnold in a quarterback competition. I'm not sure that's something to write home about, but it's something at least for Baker to hold near and dear to his heart at some point along the way. Um, I'm with Colm on this. Seeing CMC back is fantastic. Carolina, actually, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Matt Rule, let's be honest about this, but um, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say they can't be worse than they were last year. There were various games it seemed like they were giving up. They had a terrible turnover differential, minus 13 on the season as well. And that's simple, like, improvements in coaching, improvements in luck as well in in terms of fumbles. So there is room for mass improvement in the first instance. I think Brian calls out the matchup of the week, though in one respect, Ikema Kuono versus Miles Garrett. This is an example where you don't want your rookie's name called out, Panthers fans. If you don't hear his name during the broadcast, that's a really, really, really good sign for your success in this game. And bear in mind, we're looking at rookies in different positions. This season is the first since 2007 that we don't have a rookie quarterback starting in week one. So we're going to be looking at the rookie wide receivers, the rookie tackles, the rookie pass rushers like Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker, and focusing your attention on how they make differences in different parts of the field. For me, I'm I'm with the guys uh, in relation to this. This could go either way. It very much is the Browns' defense could dominate Baker Mayfield. But I believe in the power of Nemesis, the power of that goddess of Ramnus to overcome that mighty Browns' defense and Miles Garrett and the ineffectual Browns' offense. And the Panthers will roar for another day and start the season 1-0. Panthers will roar, I like that. Um, I think it's really simple. The combination of a rejuvenated Baker Mayfield coming back from a serious injury to the point where we didn't really know if he was going to play anywhere near where he was in 2019-2020 again, to looking at the Cleveland Browns who are cursed, frankly, and don't deserve to win this game. Uh, with Jukul. I mean I don't mind I don't really care who wins this game however uh, I think when you've got Christian McCaffrey I think he's going to have minimum two rushing touchdowns maybe over 100 yards in a day Baker Mayfield I feel is going to be rejuvenated refreshed from, from game tape I watched very limited in the preseason and you got DJ Moore there so I think the Panthers are going to win this comfortably I think it's a great start for them and it's going to give them a lot of confidence in the division where there is uncertainty with Atlanta there's uncertainty and we'll talk about this at the end of the broadcast about Tom Brady in, in Tampa Bay and there's uncertainty around the Saints and will Alvin Kamara play the full season so uh, a lot of people are very down in the Panthers some people are up on them I'm sort of in the middle but I've got them winning this game and honestly a little bit like last night well maybe not as dominant as last night but I've got them winning comfortably against uh, a Browns team that did not prepare to have Jacoby Brissett play under centre uh, and they, they now have to face that for six or seven, what was it like 13 weeks or something so um, I'd prefer to have McCaffrey over Chubb and Hunt because even if it does rain we'll just give it to CMC and he'll at least be fit for the next two to three weeks as well, minimum JJ Watt, we'll see what happens with him but you know these are the lads that always get injured the 
final game on our segment in this segment of the podcast if you're listening to it is the Steelers going up going up against the Bengals Colin Mitchell Trubisky sounds like the second coming if you believe Coach Tomlin the Bengals were in this like we were at the last Bengals game which is mad to think uh, rumour has it Evan McPherson only left SoFi Stadium yesterday uh, after sitting on the sideline what's your thoughts on this game uh, on Sunday well, was he sitting in SoFi when the lights went out in the third quarter and they thought they were going to do this big presentation and it was actually just an ad for The Rock's new movie? Uh, that, that was quite something. Kind of sums up maybe the Rams' approach. Focus more on the football. Uh, no, no fear of Mike Tomlin not focusing on the football. And if we're going with the theme of revenge and nemesis, uh, Marvelous Mike will be looking for revenge after the Steelers lost twice to their divisional rivals last year. Um, Mike doesn't really do losing. I, I think this will be a proper kind of old school battle. Uh, two really good teams. Um, you're, you're talking about the, the Bengals. It could have been the fact that the, the Steelers are coming off an unprecedented streak of five straight seasons of leading the NFL in sacks. Um, and the fact that they have TJ Watt. Uh, that might be, have been one of the main reasons why the Bengals decided to go out and shore up that O-line. Uh, three new shiny pieces on that. And um, that, that will not only, I think, help Burrow, but I also think it will help Mixon, who last year, um, in fairness to, to him, was uh, get it, it was all kind of yards after contact uh, because he was getting hit so early. I think he, I expect him to have a, a big, big season. Um, and I just think that the pass catching trio of the Bengals will be enough. I am really excited about George Pickens. I think I made that clear throughout the kind of preseason build. I just don't know about Mitchell T. I think we might see Kenny Pickett in there in the back half of the season. Mike Tomlin won't rush into to any uh, decisions, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe come week 10 to, to week 12, we didn't see uh, Kenny Pickett in there and, and his ability um, to, to maybe look to, because they have the, the pass catchers. But tomorrow, it, or on Sunday, it's the Bengals for me. Uh, Colin, you, t- you talked about mixing there and, and the yards you got last season. 1,205 yards, 13 touchdowns. Huge numbers. Going up against a Steelers defense, which was one of the worst against the run last year. Be interested to see how they, can they change from, that was down and this is now, and things, have they got things back in, in place? Because there was a kind of a narrative at the end of last season, it was down to more so players being out injured and they just didn't have enough players there to kind of really help them out on that side of things. Um, for me, this is the Bengals. The economist touched on there. They've revamped the offensive line. They've corrected. Like when we did our Super Bowl show in, in LA, we spoke about the, the frailties within the team and where they could get beat. It was cornerback and offensive line that came to pass on both sides. But immediately within free agency, you know, three marquee, marquee signs. It wasn't even about going and getting players that just to bet in in terms of be part of the offensive line and help secure Joe Burrow's future in terms of keeping him upright. It's three experienced players that have been there before. You know, from various different teams, one's, some have won Super Bowls. And this Mitch T, T hype train, I just, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting it because he hasn't played a game in two years. He only took six or seven snaps last year for, for the Bills. And yeah, he was highly sought after come free agency, which for me was more about the lack of quarterbacks available for teams to go after. So for me, it's all about the Bengals. The Bengals should be winning this game. The line is minus six and a half, and people are saying that the Steelers will keep it close because it's a divisional game, but I don't see it for me. I think with Chase Boyd, Higgins, they've got all the players there to help Burrow and mixing in the run game. 
It's too many weapons on offense for the Bengals and for, for me to see the Steelers live, live with them. So Bengals all the way. Come on, let's, let's get some positivity for the Steelers. Look, Mitch T is not in Chicago. Instant improvement. Like, okay, he's not backing up Josh Allen either, so he's not going to sweep right there, but he's not in Chicago. There's instant bonus. And Brian, you rightly called out Joe Mixon, and he had a fantastic season last year and very much powered the Bengals at times. But I'll tell you someone who got more yards than him and actually led all rookies, Najee Harris. And we saw many games where, in fairness, Najee Harris was carrying the ball for very little because the offensive line won't create holes, but he kept plugging away, plugging away. The number of carries he had during the season, the number of touches, was immense. But he got over 1,660 yards in total, led all rookies, about 100 more of the mix and combined, which is nice for him. He's going to be someone the Steelers have to lean on and lean on and lean on and lean on some more. Uh, additionally, the Steelers' defense is still extremely talented let's not forget jj what last year setting or equaling sorry michael strahan equaling the single season sack record at least he didn't have one given to him by brett fartho uh and uh not only tj what they've got stars all around their secondary we're going to see two really good safeties in this game mink fitzpatrick on the Steelers side jesse bates on the bengal side Guarantee you, neither of them are going to give up a perfect passer rating of 158.3 like we saw from Mr. Jalen Ramsey last night. So that's something to be said. With all of those positives and Steelers fans, I'm doing my best for you here. I can't see past the the Super Bowl runners-up this year. The Bengals do have Joey B at quarterback. That is so much greater than Mitch Trubitsky. It is unbelievable. So with him and the wonderful triplet receiving core, I go Bengals as well. Just a big hello to everybody watching, comment the great, saying Brown's 23 Panther 17. Owen, hi lads, looking forward to another season in the NFL. Hi Owen. L De Bruyne, tough start for a new OL for the Bengals, it'd be tested. Hi to Robert as well. Thanks a million for your comments, lads. If you have any questions or if anybody's watching has any questions on YouTube, we'll try and get to them at the end of the show. Please do fire away with your opinions as well. Uh, this is the closest game of the week for me. I have been a bit like Brian there talking about the Browns and the Panthers I have been unsure in this game not this, not just this week but for the entire uh, the entirety of last month I am in the camp where I think Mitchell Trubisky will improve the Steelers team based on the fact that I watched Ben Roethlisberger's last game and it was worse than Peyton Manning stumbling to the Super Bowl as much as I loved it um, it's an instant upgrade but in reality anybody could have been an instant upgrade over a man that just handed it off to Najee Harris you got Najee Harris you've got George Pickens you've got a great defense so i can see the steelers winning this game uh, i think the bengals will win by a field goal i think it'll be really really tight but if one team proved this week already that you can have a hangover it's the rams winning the super bowl and okay they were playing a team that you you could argue that have peaked already um but you could see the Bengals maybe having that come down to earth. So we'll see what happens. Um, I am going with the Bengals, though. I think Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon will turn it on against the Steelers. But honestly, if this game was in Pittsburgh, I would have picked the Steelers. Um, it's going to be a really, really interesting season for the Bengals because you know can they reach the heights they were in last year as well? It's uh, it's going to be intriguing. Uh, Mark, you've got a very it, it was quick just point. to amplify one of the comments that you read out there, Michael. In fact, the, you know that Steelers D line against the. Uh, Bengals offensive line it could be where the game turns and we could all end up being very wrong but they have ramped up we're bringing in Kappa during the offseason and again if we flip the other side because we haven't mentioned him Trey Hendrickson 
for the Bengals. Had a fantastic pass rushing uh, uh, season last season, a couple of seasons with more than 13 plus sacks. So uh, great to see, be great to see him back on the field as well and see if he can catch the ever-improving Mitchell Trubitsky Sr. Let's see what happens. The NFL obviously back on Sunday. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much. Please, please subscribe, follow, and leave a review as well. And a warm welcome into the Irish NFL show as we're building up to week one of the 2022 NFL season on the Sunday. Obviously, the Rams were beaten by the Bills on Thursday night. The next game that we're going to look ahead to. Uh, we're going to talk about this in detail. This game, the Miami Dolphins are hosting the New England Patriots uh, in Hard Rock Stadium. Colin, we said on the broadcast on Thursday night, especially to Mark, who is the Patriots fan, for people listening, um, that the Patriots went down to Miami early. Uh, they've had a very interesting offseason. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? And not just your pick, but maybe the way the Patriots and the Dolphins might play? Well, if I was, I suppose, a 70-year-old man, I'd bonding to get down to that Floridian weather as well. So it makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is the, the longest-serving head coach going up against one of the, the freshest faces. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting. Now, Mark, the other night, took us back nearly 20 years to an intentional safety that the Patriots had against the, the Broncos and Bill Belichick's genius as Tom Brady led them down the field to get a come, come from behind victory. I, I saw a, a tweet from uh, Josh Jabot from the Associated Press earlier, and he was talking about the starting QBs who are 3-0 and against head coach Bill Belichick. And there's only three of them. Now, the first one of those is John Elway, who's 4-0 and against head coach Bill Belichick. The other is Jake Plummer, 3-0 and against two, two former Broncos there. And the third on the list is Tua Tungavailoa. And that is going to, after this weekend, Tua Tungavailoa is going to join John Elway on 4-0 against head coach Bill Belichick because the Miami Dolphins are going to get the victory. Mac Jones lost in the opening game uh, last, se- last season against the Dolphins and it's going to be the same outcome this time around. People make so much of the Patriots, no matter what to do. They're, they're a bit like I, I know people for years compare them to Man United, but any little bit of inf- little bit of news is big news. They went down on Tuesday. How is that any different to the way they prepare going to Miami throughout the years? As Mark touched on in Tuesday show, they've never had a good experience going into Miami, and in particular in September, more so than most years. I can't recall the last time they won there. Maybe it was when Wes Welker had that ninety-nine yard touchdown mark back in oh seven oh eight season. I think that's how that's how far back we could be going. Maybe a few more in there, but. They've always struggled there. Um, it's difficult for them. It's just the climate. It's, it's never changed. For some reason, Belichick just hasn't found a way to, to overcome it. And I don't see how they're going to overcome it on Sunday. And I'm putting more down to the fact that this Dolphins team, which I touched on in our season preview show for me, are going to ruin the, this, this Bills team close this year. I think they put a lot of weapons in on offense for a new head coach to play with. And one of the clever moves I felt was he didn't change too much on the defense. He kept the same defensive, defensive staff around. He's banking on them being... Improved, if not better, if not better than what they were last year for large parts of that season when they went on that run, the defense changed, and we saw quite a good performance in in London. But you look at the players they brought in: Tyke, uh, Tariq Hill, what last year was fabulous. Wilson from the Cowboys, who we thought was underrated. Gaziki, Mark has a love affair with him, and then the, the backfield they've brought in players like Chase Edmonds, most of from the, the 49ers. They've got all the players there, and I, I see two having a good game on Sunday. And fourthly for Mark, I see the Patriots losing this game in a difficult manner. I think this could be a quite a high-scoring game. 
where the dolphins wouldn't come to me. Sorry, I was just delayed there. I was just counting up how many rings Bill Belichick had compared to John Elway. I was just, I was, took me a while to get there. Sorry, but um, doesn't really matter on Sunday, though, is it? I mean, like we're not playing on a ring on Sunday. Record, so it's that's equally as irrelevant. But at the same token, um, the the reality is, it is important that Bill Belichick, with his forty eight years experience and more Super Bowl rings than anyone in the history of the NFL, is on the sidelines because. He has forgotten more about football in the last 24 hours than the four of us combined will ever possibly know. Uh, and his father did before him as well. Um, the reality is, though, this does look like a, an interesting season. I, I can, with my biased Patriots blinkers on, see a pathway to 10 wins this season. Um, it's a very rocky road, and Robert Frost might have a, a road less taken, which is uh, certainly the way most people would describe that type of prediction. Um but this game is really about the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins are not quite all in, but they are giving to uh, everything. They've revamped the offensive line. The weapons are undeniable. I mean, Waddle, Brian rightly calls out, and Hill combined, that is going to terrify people. It helps because I wouldn't trust Tua to throw the ball more than 20 yards, to be absolutely honest with you. So hitting the underneath stuff accurately and letting those guys do things in space and get loads of yak uh, would be yards after catch. Sorry, I'm not throwing up there. Uh, would be really useful uh, in that regard. And I have concerns about the Patriots on offense. They picked up Parker from the Dolphins, but we'll see how long he stays healthy for. And on defense, which was badly, badly exposed by the Bills, as you all know, last year. The Patriots offense has been putrid in training. It's been exposed by the defense. Is that because the defense is well beating or the offense isn't great? There's been allusion to the offseason with three head coaches in the NFL, obviously two of them ex-head coaches now on the Patriots staff, uh, and two of them who have never done anything on offense, uh, being entrusted with offensive play calling. Patriots never win in, in, in um, Miami. I have the Miami Dolphins going to the playoffs, and yet somehow any given Sunday applies, especially in week one of the NFL, and the Patriots will win on Sunday. I never in a, Thanks to Irish Cowboys. I never in a million years saw that one coming, Michael. I, I was convinced the way he was laying it out that he just had to recognise that the, that the Dolphins were going to win. I should have known better. Uh, Irish Cowboys saying about Mark's... Either my phone is dodgy or Mark needs to get a new internet provider. I agree. Now, that's a bull call out. Let's, let's get another bull call out and we'll start off with... This is not really about a game pick and I don't want to have any comeback comments here. Uh, look, the Dolphins are going to win. Let's just put this out for a start, right? Um, Mac Jones completed 67% of his passes last year for 22 touchdowns, 3,800 yards uh, and 13 interceptions. Now, it was a very average rookie class. It was. He won't better that this year. He won't. And I don't think he'll be playing for the Patriots as the QB1 next year either. I think the way that they have uh, broken up everything around him in terms of the offense and in terms of uh, in, in terms of the way that they scheme at the minute. Like I watched that Raiders game in the preseason and we've heard numerous times on this broadcast that preseason doesn't matter. Well, that's fine. And it's fine that Bill Belichick's there as well. But, you know, I'd love to see the Patriots give the Bills a go in the AFC East. It's like watching the AFC West three or four years ago when the Chiefs were on the way of it. It's boring. So, of course, it's good that Miami come back and do something now as well. The reality is the, the Miami Dolphins here are a far better team on both sides of the ball. Two is playing for his career if Tom Brady's going there next year, if Tom can still run by that point. And um, I think this could be ugly. 
I'm not. There's, there's no point in me lying about it. I think it could be thirty or forty points. Uh, but if it is, I'm sure we can have a genuinely mature and non-biased or argumentative conversation on Monday night. Because if it was any other team in the league, they'd be getting hounded. Like the, the preseason has been atrocious. But it is what it is. I'm, I'm excited to watch the game on Sunday. And yeah, so I've got that there. Now, um, in terms of we're gonna maybe try and switch it up a wee bit this year, aren't we? So we're not. We're, we're gonna go to a different game first. We're gonna go to the Ravens against the Jets. The Baltimore Ravens, Colin, won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco uh, back in the year where Beyonce was the halftime show and the lights went out in the stadium. I remember that because I was in Belfast at 3 in the morning on the Strombillis Road watching it on a dodgy stream with a few mates. Hello to everybody watching if you were there on that night. That was really, really good Chinese. Joe Flacco was playing for the Jets this weekend. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, do you, oh, by the way, I just throw it in here if you, if you all want to say this. I don't think Zach Wilson plays pre-Halloween. And I think it's all bull from the Jets. Uh, well, in, in fairness, most teams, we talked about it on last night's uh, show in, in relation to Stafford's elbow. Um, most teams will absolutely downplay injuries. Um, and, you know, you, you never really know what the, the story is. Sometimes players downplay injuries and, and play through them when they, they shouldn't. Um, in, in terms of um, Joe Flacco, yeah, I remember that as he uh, had the unbelievable uh, Mile High Miracle, Raheem Moore, and uh, the cowardly John Fox uh, had Peyton kneel down and the, the Ravens went on to to win the, the Super Bowl. The unfortunate thing is that is, uh, you know, so so long ago now. And the, for the, the poor old Jets, um, to be starting Joe Flacco in 2022, uh, when he's 37, when he came out and he talked about how his own kid um, is giving him grief. But he's given him grief because Joe Flacco has lost 14 of his last 16 starts. And the Jets lost a left tackle today who may well have to go on to IR. Um, they might be more cursed than Mayo, which is is saying something. Uh, for the Ravens, I, I'm really intrigued to see if J.K. Dobbins will will play. Uh, we saw him and Ian Rappaport go at it, uh, chirping a little bit at each other a few weeks ago. Will he be active? Um, that will that will be interesting. And and also, what does the Ravens' defense uh, look like? Um, we were used to them under Wink Martindale. Wink's moved on. They brought in um, Mike McDonald from Michigan. It's going to look at obviously a, a little bit different, um, but with the players that they have back and with Lamar now not having the contract done, but obviously um, you know play playing to um, show what he's worth for me. This is the Ravens. You touched on the defense, Colin. Uh, Harbour was asked this week, what are we going to see from this new uh, defense under a new coordinator? He says, we're going to see a disciplined defense this season as opposed to the blitz-heavy uh, uh, streak in which we saw last year under Marindale, which essentially lost him his job. It's always been the style of coach. He's worked its work for quite some time, you know, so it was a bit surprising having spoken to a lot of Ravens fans. They felt the offensive coordinator was more likely to lose his job as opposed to the defense. Uh, this is an interesting one for Jackson. There's a record to be set. Uh, he's tied on... 10 games for 100-plus rushing yards with Michael Vick. Is he finally going to get over the hump in this game and break that record? It'd be interesting to see how this offense gets on. Bateman, last year, he struggled with injuries. You know, he's coming to a second year. Mark Andrews, there's other great players there. There's a lot expected of this Ravens offense with Jackson back fully fit. I'm interested to see more so on this defense for the Jets because Jermaine Johnson, for a long time in the first round, was expected to go top 15. He ends up going at 25, 26 when the Jets moved back up. 
Sauce Gardner has been, you know, leading up to the draft was, you know, there was suggestions he's the best cornerback to come out of, you know, modern day drafts for 10, 15 years and, and huge expectations on him coming into this game immediately. They're expecting him to step up. And Wilson's gone, but they're all, the narrative is that Flacco's ready and he's been really solid in, in training camps and they're going to say all the right things, but ultimately he may play well, but I can't see a situation where they can live with this Ravens team who a lot of us have high hopes for this season. So for me, the Ravens win and they go against my pick in June when we had that live show in Ballymun where I suggested that the Jets would cause a shock on, on back on the uh, the Ravens love train. Um, the Jets, we can talk about Reed. You could talk about uh, drafting Jermaine Johnson. Of course, the source, Source Gardner. Um, you know, Whitehead there as well. They, they've, they've made a great degree of changes on defense and I think they're going to materially improve that defense. I still think Robert Saller is an amazing coach. I think they made the right decision in bringing him into New York and now they've given him some pieces to play with and I think they will see a vast improvement on their defense. The problem is they don't have much on offense, especially not if Joe Flacco is there at quarterback. So in terms of this particular match, I mean, Colin mentioned a curse there, like more curse than Mayo. Actually, I called out Baltimore last year when we think about the injury. Baltimore are coming from a season where they could do no right. Everyone kept getting injured. They lost all their running backs. Then they lost all their cornerbacks late in the season. And of course, lost Lamar for a few games as well, accumulating in their well, swan dive would be appropriate. I mean, we, we did mention that the Saints started 5-2 and two and had a swan dive from there when Winston got injured. The Ravens were locked into the playoffs and then promptly went on a complete swan dive due to the multitude of injuries. Um, for me, you keep Lamar healthy. It's very simple. You will be in the playoffs. You will have a shot at this. They have been dominant against the Jets, won nine out of the last 10 games against them. I don't think the game is necessarily in question. More intriguing is, of course, they haven't got to a deal with Lamar Jackson. So now they've stated quarterback contract will be next season. It's going to be a great one for us next offseason because Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert will all be up for contracts. The last two will be entitled or able to be extended after their third year in the NFL. And all of them, you can imagine, will wait for one or the other to reset the market and to then follow the pattern thereof or outdo each other at due course. So a great off-season story already, and we're not even a week one. But for week one, Ravens walk over the Jets. Yeah. Um, a season of slight consistency in Baltimore where they keep Coach Harbour extending to a deal, but they have this whole situation going with Lamar Jackson where I don't really buy into it. I don't really think it's risky at all. He'll stay there. He'll get paid. It's just a matter of time if it happens in the season or after the season. If he ends up getting an agent, I guess we'll see what happens. For the Jets... They've brought in Sauce Gardner, uh, they've brought in Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson and Garrett Wilson in the first round of the draft. That's incredible. Like, some teams in the draft were taking the hand with some of their selections. Like, you know, I don't want to start naming teams or taking the hand out of certain teams, but look at what the Eagles done to get AJ Brown. And look at what the, ja- uh, the Jets done in three selections in that first round it's commendable uh, in terms of what Mark said about Robert Sala yes he should be given more time at the minute he doesn't have a quarterback uh, he might have had a quarterback in 2014 if we're turning back time but we're not and for that reason as good or as positive a direction that the Jets are going in the Ravens are going to completely smash them on Sunday uh, unless they score 20 or 30 and just stop which they may do um, at 
Sims Kings on Twitter has said Flacco has lost 14 out of the last 16. So I'm hearing he's due a win. Splendid. Thanks, Colin. But I have got the Baltimore Ravens not just winning this game, but winning the AFC North as well this season in. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they're up there at the end of the season because the, that combination of Lamar and Mark Andrews, Lamar and Bateman, and the fact that you've got that combination now of Davis and Dobbins is just... It's unreal. Michael, you, you touched on it. was a fair point being, you know, Garrett Wilson, three first-round picks. There was also another one in early in the second round, Brees Hall, running back. He's going to play immediately on Sunday. Um, big expectations for him. He, he'll compliment Carter. Well, who had a, a great season. I think there is better days ahead for, for the Jets. I just think it's a bad, bad game to start with. There's easier games ahead for them. And uh, this one is just it's too difficult. But I do think that they are on the right track and they've brought in some really good players immediately. I mean, four players are walking into the team. That most players, most other teams would have loved to have in the draft. Just going to read out some comments here before we round up this segment of the podcast. Um, have to read them up. Fred, uh, hi, hi Fred, hi again. The comment, the great, appreciate the uh, co- uh, comments he sent with the Ravens as well. Um, L. De Bruyne said, looking forward to seeing Kyle Hamilton for the Ravens in that secondary. And then Niall Croc says, I would bet that the Northern Irish dude is wrong about Mac Jones and the Patriots. It's frustrating how definitively. I I hope I'm wrong. You wouldn't want to see somebody of that age be out of the league in two years, uh, and it's not a weak it's it's not a weak quarterback class either. I the quarterback class is better next year, um, and yeah, so that is the end of this segment on the podcast. If you're listening in, please do follow, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment. It's much appreciated. And now on the Irish NFL show, we're going to go back into our week one picks and we're going to do something uh, a little bit different this year. Uh, we, we have never done this before, so it's going to be a bit of crack. We're going to do a quick fire game each where one person talks about the game and then uh, we're all going to give a one word answer on who's going to win. There's going to be like, oh no, you can't say No, it's just one word answers. So Colin, you're going to start off uh, by explaining this game, Eagles at the Lions, and then we'll get maybe one word after and give our thoughts on who's going to win. But the the uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, um, there's no more standing outside waiting for the gates to open, man. We're going in, and so now there's nowhere to run. Is that the dude from Big Lebowski, or or is it Dan Campbell? It's Dan Campbell, and Dan Campbell better hope there's nowhere for the Eagles to run because they ran, ran, ran all over this Lions side last year. And while I think the Lions are are building, and I like a, you know a lot of the moves that they have made, I wonder how much better they're going to be against the run. In Hutchinson was brought in for his pass rushing um, ability, uh, so it'll be interesting to to see the Eagles obviously want to move more to a more balanced uh, offense in terms of the the passing game Um, but this might be one where they kind of lean into uh, the run I think Uh, I I am really interested to see what uh, Jordan Davis can do this will be a lot closer than it was last year when the Eagles had entirely their their own way and they probably could have won by even more uh, than they did um the, we will see growth from the Lions, I believe, this year, but we will also see growth from this uh, Eagles team that did so much in the, the offseason. I have the Eagles starting um, this 1-0. This was the game, really, that turned their season around where they found their identity last year alongside that game against the, the Broncos. And I think this is a game where it kind of kickstarts their, their season this year. Brian, are, are you with us? 
Oh yeah, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. Eagles at Lions, so we're, we're going to get our picks. One word answers. Brian, who's going to win? Uh, the Lions are going to win. Marcus? Eagles. Eagles, fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, Brian, you're going to talk to us about the biggest matchup America's game of the week. The Bears uh, hosting the Niners. It would be good fun now if the Bears were going to San Francisco at uh, 10 in the morning, but I, I'd be up for that for the crack. I spoke to a number of Bears fans this week. This is this is this is the interesting part. So America's gone with the Patriots to win the game, and I genuinely believe he's gone for it because of the love uh, that in which he has for the Patriots, as opposed to actually reality. And you know, there's other teams who put up a reason as to why they think their team, team will win this weekend. But like myself, I, I'll put up theories as to why how I think the Giants go in. But I know what the reality is. The Bears fans said to me consistently, three or four guys don't know each other. The Bears are going to win nine games this year, and the Bears are definitely going to win on Sunday. And the Bears players know it, the fans know it, everybody knows it, but everybody just can't see it. I can't see it either, because I'm looking at what they have on offense. And yeah, they've got some nice wide receivers there. You know, there was at one stage in the off in the off season, they had something like seven or eight wide receivers that they were working with. But on Sunday, they're going to go with Mooney. In fairness, he's he's had a good two years in the league. Pringle, who's a good player, they brought him off from the Chiefs. He was a good free agency pickup. And Vilas Jones, the rookie, who in fairness has done really well. And I said, okay, fair enough, I, I get all that. And Justin Fields, just, you know, looks like he's into this offense. And then I look at this 49ers defense, which was the third best defense in the league. And you've got Nick Bosa, you've got Drake Johnson, the new rookie who everybody's raving about, saying he's going to be really explosive. And on Sunday in his own way, he'll probably have a great game. And you might even overshadow Nick Bosa going up against this offensive line, which we've spoken about, that the Bears have not really done much to address. And ultimately, that's what I think this game is going to come down to. You know, Debo Samuel's back, he's signed the contract, he's he's open to playing this dual position. He had 171 yards when he played here last year on six catches. I have a feeling we're going to see something along those lines on Sunday. And for once we challenged uh, Colm, because he loves Trey Lance, and Mark seems to have a thing about the 49ers in terms of them going to the Super Bowl, I'm not convinced by him. Colm, or sorry, Michael, I know you're not convinced by him, but on Sunday, I don't think he's going to have to do a lot to win this game. For me, this is a comfortable win for the 49ers. Colin, one word. Niners. Niners. Mark. Mooney sounds like a true man. Niners every day of the week. Mark, uh, you're looking at the. Why are we? Why are we not previewing the Jags and the Commanders in full? Mark, like, the, the, if, the, if the Commanders get off to a good start with Carson Wentz, if he finds his confidence. And the division that they're in, surely that would help, no? Please feel free to talk about your preview. It will balance itself over the course of the season, Michael. Michael, I I think your career in stand-up comedy could be could be set i mean starting with that just statement about if carson wentz starts really strongly it's it's not going to happen carson wentz is another mistake by the commanders um we were very fortunate to interview ron rivera at the super bowl obviously in sofi great guy great guest but you know this is the one of the biggest mistakes they've made everyone thinks maybe we can you know rectify and recover carson wentz's confidence from that amazing rookie season he had more and more that looks like the mirage and everything else looks like the reality um i just can't see it I, look don't get me wrong the commander's team has talent i mean you just look along that d-line i mean chase young is out for a while i still think he's going to come back even stronger and brighter and better than ever but sweat allen and pain along that d-line that is quite literally sweat and pain anytime you're going up against that uh defensive line in the first instance but I just don't see it. I mean, 
the commanders uh, last year we had high hopes and i think we all picked them to win the division on the back of their performance two years ago and they disappointed significantly. I don't see that they've improved on a roster since then. I think there is a lot of gaps. Whereas on the Jags side, you can see great opportunity. Why? Well, one, they went 3-14 and 14 last year. Two, they got rid of Urban Meyer. That's an instant improvement. And three, just think about it in one instance, they're going to start three first-rounders in their first game uh, on um, Sunday. The two they drafted this year, and of course, Travis Etienne, who missed all of last season with an injury. So Etienne being paired up with Trevor Lawrence is exciting for me and worth the money alone. I think Trevor Walker, I just can't wait to see him on a on the field, see how he performs in that regard. I do think he's going to be successful. My pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, and overall, maybe it's just the spirit of optimism, but I, I'm going with the Jags in this. I see that they have the momentum. They actually, when you compare the rosters, probably have better talent. In a revenge Claxon, Brandon Scherf, who is a guard at Washington, is over now with Jacksonville, hoping to shore up that offensive line. Um, and there are always stories within stories. But them alone, for those reasons alone, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence has enough to handle that pressure from that uh, D-line. And once he handles that... The game is no more. Jags to start with a positive spin on the season. Colm. Jags. Brian. Jags because they're going in the right direction as opposed to the Carson Wentz story. Michael is selecting Washington. Okay. Um, I am going to talk about the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. For some reason, I thought this game was actually in Indy, but it's not. It's in Houston. Uh, obviously, the biggest story in the offseason is Matt Ryan going from the Falcons to the Colts. Uh, that same week where Twitter were convinced that Deshaun Watson was going to Atlanta. It worked out well for them in the end. Uh, the reality is Matt Ryan, uh, who has 59,000 passing yards in his career, gets one more shot at a ring. Uh, whether he'd want to believe that or not. You know, he's got Jonathan Taylor there for a start. Jonathan Taylor last year was unreal. He's he had two he had twenty one hundred scrimmage yards last year, but only eighteen hundred rush. I have him going under. Or I sorry, I have him going over two thousand rushing yards this season. Um, even with Matt Ryan having the ball more, it's going to be intriguing to see how they play as an offense with how Carson Wentz and that defense with DeForest Buckner is going to be just on fire. Uh, that being said, I was very very harsh on the Texans last year. I liked Lovey Smith. Davis Mills is an intriguing talent. Let's see what he can do. He's got decent legs on him, uh, and he's got a couple of targets to throw to, like Brandon Cooks. So it's amazing if you put a guy like Davis Mills out and give him some targets. Um, it'll be good to see what happens. Uh, I've got the Colts winning this game on Sunday, and I've got the Colts winning the AFC South. Colm, who have you got winning this game? The Colts. Brian. Colts in a blowout. Marcus. Colts. Colts, Colts. Lads, I think that worked really, really well. It was a very uh, mature discussion. And now we're going back into deep discussion. And this is one of the games to talk about deeply. The New York Giants uh, are playing the Tennessee Titans. The New York Giants going into, is it year four, I think, of Daniel Jones? Um, and obviously now they've got Brian Dable as head coach. Excited to see what happens there. He wasn't missed too much last night anyway in LA, that's for sure. Which is a good thing for them and for him. Call him um, Tennessee it's going to be an interesting season for them because we're not sure if they can, can you know, sort of continue that step towards AFC domination or if they may take a step back. Could Derrick Henry play a full season? What are your thoughts on this game? By the sounds of it, uh, it could be a really interesting one on Sunday. 
Michael, the placebo effect uh, makes no sense. Dark matter makes no sense. Mike Vrabel makes no sense because Mike Vrabel can just somehow make teams win. And that is an incredible ability as a a head coach. Uh, It's a wonderful ability. And a lot of times you you look at the the Titans and you go, no, they they shouldn't. And and they somehow do. Equally, you think when they they should, they don't. Um, uh, We've seen good and bad. But if the Titans were to win uh, in the AFC South, they won the division this year, Mike Vrabel should be co- uh, coach of the year again because um, slowly, uh, bit by bit, they've had pieces kind of stripped away and it happens when, when you're successful. And Arthur uh, Smith going off to the Falcons was a, a huge loss. And Tannehill, it has been kind of the law of diminishing returns. I, um, it's a really big year for, for him. Um, it, it's a big year for Henry coming back off an injury and, and showing that he can um, still do it. For me, I suppose, I think it's for the Giants. And I know um, Brian has already kind of hinted that um, he, he believes, I, I just think this is a year where for uh, Brian Dable and for um, Joe Shane, it's a it's total strip it down, find out what you have, find out who you're going to um, want to keep on the roster for next year because you're going to have a new QB in place. It's about some some of the young guys and seeing um, I, I, with um, kind of Ujolari and Thibodeau both likely out, I, I just don't see a path to them really being able to, to stop uh, the, the Titans. I, I have no doubt that they will play for Dable. I have no doubt that the, they'll play, you know, throughout the, the entirety of of the, the four quarters, he will have uh, them up for it. But um, Mike Rabel just seems to have an ability to get his uh, team to, to win. And if they're going to keep pace with the Colts in any way, shape or form, they will need that. So for me, I have the Titans winning this. Yeah, uh, Callum summed up very well. Like from my perspective as a Giants fan, it's ultimately it's about what players are going to be there next year. This is a very young side, both offensively now and, and defensively. I mean, the secondary is very youthful and there's very little experience there. So that, that concerns me for something. But I, I, I take comfort in the fact that we're, we don't know what we're going to see from this Titans offense either because Traylon Bork is, you know, he's a first-round pick and once he's getting a lot of kudos, we don't know what's going to come to him. Robert Woods has come off a serious injury. He's now on a new team. And how quickly will he establish himself? But ultimately... You've got Derek Henry, you've always got a great chance. Titans are, it's strange because they were number one seed last year, and a lot of people, as we said, when we had Lindsay Jones on last week, you kind of forget that they were the number one seed because of the, the nature in which they went out against the Bengals. They are prone to losing strange games. They lost two games at home last year, one in week one, which I, um, I called at the time, which was a shock against Cards, and they lost a game in. Uh, really bad weather to the Texans, which was a huge shock. And, and those both scenarios are in play here on Sunday. They don't expect the Giants to win and beat them, and they're going to be playing in really difficult conditions. That might level the playing field in terms of giving the Giants a chance to win the game. From a fan's point of view, I want to see how this new offensive line plays, how Saquon Barkley looks coming back, and ultimately how Daniel Jones looks. But it's um, it's not going to be a win for the Giants, unfortunately. They, like, I think they will play reasonably well. They'll hang in the game, but ultimately in the end, Jarek Henry will get it done, and uh, I don't think it'll be the prettiest of game in bad weather, but Titans will ease, ease out in the fourth quarter with a comfortable win. 
Yeah, let's let everyone remember last season. This is the four and thirteen Giants against the twelve and five Tennessee Titans. And whilst I think the Giants have improved, and I definitely think the Titans have disimproved, that's a bit of a chasm between the two. Um, the Giants, it's in with the old, out with the sorry, in with the new, out with the old. Uh, it's a new head coach and GM, but it's also a new OC. It's a new DC. It's uh, everything is new, and that will usually, inevitably, often take some time to bed in. Of course, if you watch the game last night, you're kind of going, so we've got the offensive corner and the former assistant GM of the Bills. That's probably good for us for the future if they were involved in that, but it's about the future still. And the Titans, look, they're going to be hard hit, pressed to hit the heights of last year, but they've beaten the Giants six out of the last seven times they've played. They'll beat them one more time. The Giants have lost, sorry, the Giants have lost nine out of their last time, 10 opening games and they're going to make that 10 out of 11 Titans for me as well. As a neutral, I'd love to see Saquon Barkley come back and, and play really well. You hear great things in preseason. Um, I remain to be convinced in that, in that sense in terms of the Giants. I think they're going in the right direction. They, they need a new quarterback. They need one that can take them to the next level. Um, I feel for... Daniel Jones is it and I guess they have to just roll with it this year they've made two really really good pickups in the first round with Kevin Thibodeau and Evan Neal but looking more so at the Titans who were the AFC number one seed last year uh, I like the combination of Robert Woods and the speed of Traylon Brooks when you have those options available and even if the Giants defense does cover both of them on Sunday you're still going to have Austin Hooper like sitting there as well so it's not as if they're going to be able to cover everyone at once Ryan Tannehill's going to go off with a chip in the shoulder everyone's not believing that the Titans can go home in the AFC South I think they'll win this game comfortably to be honest with you and uh, I think they get off to a good start I do think the Titans will maybe falter towards the middle to the end of the season especially if Derrick Henry cannot stay fit for the duration of the season which remains to be seen and we'll see what happens in terms of uh, other games we're going to look at the Green Bay game in a second on our next segment on the podcast if you are listening then thanks a million for listening or watching the show if you're listening to the podcast please do follow subscribe if you're watching on youtube please do like share subscribe comment it means an awful lot to us as well uh, a couple of comments there very quick yes or no will uh, barkley have more yards this year than zeke i'm gonna say no call no yeah, yes, uh, yeah, he will. I, I said it in the season preview show that I felt he would beat his 1,500-odd yards from his rookie year. Um, I do expect a bit of bounce back here. I think he will. Zeke is going to share with Pollard. Zeke will get more carries. Okay, Brian? I'm Mark, but yes. All right, Mark? Sorry, Mark. It's been a long day. Okay. Okay, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Okay. Our next segment, we're going to look at two games. The first one we're going to look at is the Packers going up against the Vikings in an NFC North battle. The Vikings have got a new GM and a new head coach where Aaron Rodgers' column has lost his best friend and main wide receiver in Devante Adams, but yet has now got numerous youth and interesting people around him. This is a really intriguing game, Colm. Uh, who have you got to win this game and why? Yeah, this I suppose the the NFC version of the big AFC North battle between the the Bengals and the, the Steelers. Talk about two storied franchises, and we could get out the revenge klaxon again for this because uh, Zadarius Smith, uh, the former All All Pro, uh, will be going up against his former team and. 
for the Vikings, the fact that Daniil Hunter and Sedarius Smith are both fit, who knows for how long, a bit like the, the Broncos with Randy Gregory and, and Bradley Chubb, but with both of them on the field and with the tackles for the Packers both listed as questionable, this could be the Purple Peter People Eaters volume 2.0. Uh, Purple People Eaters used to have a, a saying, meet, meet at the QB. Uh, we saw a little bit of that from the, the Bills last night. And if the Vikings are, you know, um, going to put the squeeze on Aaron Rodgers and his new receiving core, it'll be those two guys leading the, the charge. I can't wait to see Justin Jefferson against the Packers secondary. We talked about it in the season preview show. This could be the Packers' best defense of the Aaron Rodgers era. But I am going to say that um, Kirk Cousins, who has thrown a touchdown pass in 30 consecutive regular season games, it's the longest active streak in the NFL, on, on Sunday night, he'll become the first quarterback ever to defeat Aaron Rodgers in three consecutive games. The Vikings are starting the season with a win. That's the beauty of stats. If you didn't know who Kirk Cousins was, Kirk Cousins was and you were only getting into the NFL, and you look at two, two years in a row, over 4,200 yards, and he's thrown for 30 touchdowns. My God, he must be a great quarterback. And then you look, he's only had one season in the last seven where he's won more than 10 games because the reality is he's not a good quarterback. Yeah, and I've got great players around, but he's too inconsistent for me. We've had this conversation throughout the course of off-season and numerous times on the show around Rodgers and the disgruntlement of Adams being traded away, and then he was coming out with some outspoken words during training camp trying to rev the guys up. And then reality comes to Sunday, week one, Lazard, Cobb, Watkins are the starting wide receivers. Lazard is expected to play with Watson and Dobbs coming in radically throughout the game because they're the rookies. And then they've got Dylan and they've got AJ Jones. So for me, the only concern for me actually in this game is, is the Packers around the offensive line. Bakary is back, but is he really fit? Jenkins, the right tackle, is, is doubtful. And um, you, you wonder now, will he, will he get the uh, time he needs? But he finds ways to get it done because he's such a class quarterback. They have the players to win the game. 14 of the last 15 years, the division winners come between these two teams. So once it's week one, it's really important that you get that win early on in the season in the division. Um, I'm, I'm sorry with the Packers, I, I can't trust. You're asking me who I trust, Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins, I trust Aaron Rodgers every day. I, one of you two fine gentlemen made a comment that Aaron Rodgers lost his best friend to the Raiders. It was Michael, there you go. Um, the ESPN uh, cover story from Tim Keown this week, uh, very interesting in terms of how Devontae Adams somewhat was lobbied by Derek Carr, but even in his engagement, it's a little small tidbit with Aaron Rodgers. Alludes, Rodgers apparently alluded to him that his time in the Green Bay was coming to a close and he should do what's best for him and his family. It wasn't exactly the lobbying you would like to hurt to maintain the number one receiver, who in fact was offered a bigger contract at the Packers than the one he accepted at the Raiders. So how bad did he want to get away from Aaron Rodgers? Um, Aaron Rodgers mimicked Nicolas Cage during the offseason, the Cameron Poe t-shirt, and he has uh, to mimic another Nicolas Cage movie, uh, the unbelievable weight of massive talent. He is an amazing talent. He is an amazing quarterback. Uh, He's a bit of a something else as well, but I don't think he's a leader, and he's going to have challenges this year with his wide receiving core. 
they're going to be there. They're always there or thereabouts. And in fact, this is the year when the defense might carry Green Bay greater. They, they've got a fantastic defense. You look at some of the parts that are coming back in the pass rush. You look at Jair Alexander, highest paid cornerback in the NFL, but also deserving of it. Uh, and they are undoubtedly going to cause teams fits and starts. But I do believe a little bit in the dream in Minnesota. I believe in Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips, who also came over with him as the offensive coordinator there from the Rams, to be able to rein in Kirk Cousins and the amazing talents they've got with Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and finally make it greater than some of the parts. The Vikings defense cannot be worse than it's been in the last two seasons. There is so much room for growth there. And these games inevitably are always split. Like most seasons, it feels like the Vikings take one off the Packers, but never get there close enough in the last few years to win the division title. Although, as Colin alluded to, uh, they have had a few uh, incidents along the way. Um, basically, we're up to this. It's Vikings to win for me in week one, but the Packers will win the war and still win the NFC North. Thank you for that, Mark. Um, an interesting discussion. Uh, I'll strip it down completely here. Aaron Rodgers is an incredible quarterback and he deserved to get paid uh, in the middle of March. Dalvin Cook is better than Aaron Jones. Justin Jefferson is better than Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Adam Phelan is better than Christian Watson. Uh, Danielle Hunter is better than well, I can't even find it the Packers are not as good as the Vikings Aaron Rodgers does not have enough weapons to throw to and you can't just pass or you, ha- you can't just hand it off to Aaron Jones continually I feel that the combination of uh, the new head coach and with Phillips incorporating the hybrid version of that Los Angeles style offense will incorporate some sort of system which will allow Kirk Cousins to become a more efficient quarterback it's not going to be incredible but they'll definitely beat the Packers on Sunday. 100%. Like that's my, I, I don't want to say it's my lock of the week, but 100%. Like Aaron Rodgers, lads. Are, are you are you really telling me that Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson as a duo are better than Justin Jefferson and, and Adam Phelan? No, Dalvin well, Cook is going to run over. Sorry? Well, what I would say is he went into, I'll give you one example, he went into Arizona last year with lesser wide receivers and found a way to win the game. He, he has a way and he has a knack of just getting the best out of players that aren't at the level people expect, expect or have seen throughout the course of their career. He just finds ways to find, get these guys up in order to 15, 20%. Um, and I think it'll be the same on Sunday, but I'm the lone wolf here. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I just, I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a really, really good game. I'd say Kirk Cousins, three passing touchdowns, Dalvin Cook, two rush touchdowns, and that'll be the difference in a high-scoring game. Uh, I think the over-under is like 48 and a half or something that will go over, in my opinion, and I'm taking the Vikings to win. But I, as Mark said, I do think that the Vikings will not win the division. But they get off to the perfect start, and fair play to them, because if they do, they should have a good chance of making a good wildcard run in the NFC, because it's that poor. I was just going to say, Michael, I know three of us have gone for the Vikings. It does feel slightly risky going against Aaron Rodgers in the regular season. I'd feel a lot better betting against him if it was the postseason. Time will tell. A couple of comments before we get on our next game here. Uh, Al Brun. 
back and Alan Lazar questionable Raj been horrible first game out of the last few years Fred Flunk says loving the chip being lads it's like season 2 of the real world MTV I don't know what that is let's just move on I have no idea what that is uh, right Raiders Chargers game of the week uh, it's not on TV it's only on NFL Game Pass so if you haven't got NFL Game Pass go to our bio in our podcast or on our YouTube channel and sign up does it help us maybe not maybe we'll see do you want us to have a bit of crack in arizona this year and have a few scoops yes so please click the link we really appreciate it and it's a crime column how this game is not on television this weekend i actually think it's a crime they should have found a way to put two games on on the uh, one two three four five six seven eight I suppose you could add Sky Nine, ten. They got about thirteen channels. This game could have went on, or a red button situation. Uh, like this could be a playoff game this weekend. I mean, going by what we've heard about the Raiders, I know Brian's very high on them, but you no, know, I've been very high on the Chargers. So this is the hell of a game. Yeah, and I, I would ask the question: Could this be the game that has the most passing yards of of any game this weekend? I mean, to talk about high octane uh, offenses, the interesting one about this, right, is that this is a game that we we saw obviously at the end of the regular season um, in in twenty twenty one, and yet all of the buzz is, is around the Chargers. But it was the Raiders for the team who went to the, the, the playoffs. And I think that part of the, the reason for that, obviously, is what the Chargers did in the offseason, but it's also the Raiders' O-line. Like, there were huge question marks uh, around that. Um, and, and can Carr have enough time to get the ball to his fantastic trio of, of pass catchers? Uh, to not having JC Jackson is less than ideal, um, but it just the, the matchups in, in this are just going to be uh, fantastic. For me, I think one of the, the big questions for this season is have the Chargers improved against the run? But I don't think that's going to be the, the question for this uh, particular game. I expect this to be very similar to that uh, regular season game that we saw uh, where Herbert was so good on the, the fourth downs. They've put better pieces around him. And for that reason, I'm going to say this time it has a slightly different outcome. The Chargers, just to, to pip the, the Raiders on, on this occasion, but there'll be all sorts of fantastic plays on display in this. I like the way Colm says it. It's not ideal to have JC Jackson out of the game. Um, I think that's a bit of an understatement. You, you've gone from JC Jackson, who been a standout cornerback for the past couple of years in the league, going against probably arguably one of the best wide receivers in, in, in the league, to Asante Samuel Jr. And once he's had a good, reasonably good rookie year, he still had his flaws and he's going to take him up on Sunday. And imagine Devontae's fancying his chances. I think for the Raiders, it's kind of like, yeah, the offensive line is a huge concern. Ultimately, I think that's where the frailty most. Frail situation is in the team. Colton Miller is a stand there player. He was consistent last year. Lester Cotton is going to go right tackle. I think we might see a bit of scheming around getting the ball out quickly um, from Carr as opposed to trying to remain in the pocket as long as he can to get the ball out. And For me, this game ultimately will come down to who has the better pass rush. And will it be Mack on his debut for the Chargers and Bosa getting to Carr or will it be Crosby and Chandler Jones getting the Herbert and putting the pressure on? I, I do also see a, a high-scoring game, but I'm not convinced by Brandon Staley. I know you have your concerns over Josh McDonnell, but it's 10 years since he was head coach in the league. You'd like to think he's learned his lesson. And he's had more experience as he's gone on in his years in New England. Brandon Staley cost him 
three games last year, I would say, where he got clarity. He was the analytical head coach as opposed to being the right head coach in the right position and calling the right play in terms of taking field goals. Will he make? Will he change his, his approach? I'm not sure he will. And ultimately, I think that's what will cost the Chargers in the end. High-scoring game. I'm on the other side. I think the Raiders will find a way to win. Uh, I am devouring anything and everything related to this game. I'm literally reading everything. I mentioned the ESPN story about Devontae Adams talking about used to be he, he used to be a basketball player and he ultimately decided to play wide receiver because at six one. He was going to be a small point guard with the size of point guards, or he could be a big wide receiver. He talks about how, oh, you know, I, I only bust out my best moves to get open when I really need to. I don't like waste good moves on dodgy cornerbacks or, you know, a cornerback I know I can get past easily. It's it's a fascinating interview in relation to it. And I am just so fascinated with so many different storylines in relation to it. You guys, you guys sum it up so well in terms of the changes that have occurred on both sides. We do not know how all these people are going to knit together. I mean, it's nice to say Devontae Adams and David, uh, Derek, David Derek Carr. I told you I was confusing him and his brother. Um, <laughs> Derek Carr, you know, they played for Fresno State together. It's great that they're back together. So, yeah, but how's that going to translate to the program? This isn't playing pitch and catch with your mates in the backyard. I mean, yeah, they played in college together. The NFL is a different ball game altogether. Fresno State aren't even in uh, Division One for Christ's sake. So let's have a little bit of reality about that, but equally get excited if you're a Raiders fan about Adams and Renfro and Waller all there as attacking threats. And Josh Jacobs, I'm a big fan of, and he needs a bit of a bounce back here, but he is such a talent. And if you're a Chargers fan... How can you not believe? Michael believes. Michael believes they're going to the Super Bowl from his predictions. I mean, you, you've got to believe with the transcendent Justin Herbert, when you, you've got a very short list. Patrick Mahomes, Dan Marino, Justin Herbert, the only three quarterbacks to throw for 5,000 yards in one of their first two seasons. They fixed the offensive line. They've invested in the defense, all right? No J.C. Jackson this time, but they've done all the right things. One gap I still wonder about is speed at the wide receiver position for them, but that's about the only thing I can call out. Bose is amazing. Jesus, guys, just get the game on. I just want to watch it. I might be, to Michael's belief about the Patriots, I could be sitting there depressed, just staring at the bottom of an empty beer glass filling up regularly at 4.25 uh, Eastern time, 9.25 Irish time. This game will make me have belief back in the NFL, back in life again. Bring it on. And, oh, yeah, charges to win. You're all charged up, Marcus. Uh, yeah, Jesse Jackson, not not an ideal situation for them. I mean, it's all right. They've still got Kalina Mack they've brought in and Sebastian Joseph Day as well. And they've got Joey Bosa there as well. So, like, obviously, like, if we do need to have a bit more protection on Devante Adams. Devante Adams had Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to him. Aaron Rodgers is a far well not far but he's a better quarterback than Derek Carr this Raiders team are going into Los Angeles and frankly they're going to be up against it against the Chargers team which want to go to the next level I spoke in the preview shows and I spoke on the broadcast on Wednesday night in regards to Brandon Staley I think Brandon Staley in the way in which he set this team up both offensively defensively and special teams in this offseason is superb and he is more energized in terms of what happened his team last year they now enter a 24 month window with Justin Herbert can Justin Herbert win MVP for a start I believe he can can they win the Super Bowl absolutely whoever wins the AFC West is good, probably going to win the Super Bowl but when you have Herbert being able to throw the ball down the field and you have Herbert being able to make plays as good as Patrick Mahomes to make you go wow 
like and he's got the athleticism as well oh yeah and he can fire it off to Austin Eckler if he needs to as well so um, I think that the Chargers are going to win this game comfortably in the sense of maybe 10 to 12 points uh, and I think Devante Adams will be really really good for the Raiders but I am sort of considering that in time it'll take him a few games I don't want to go as far with a bold statement and say he won't score a touchdown on Sunday but I believe that the Raiders won't score any more than 14 to 17 points and the Chargers will pull away in the game which will set them as one of the teams or if not the team to beat in the AFC West they're not just going to the Super Bowl mark at the minute I have them to win the whole damn thing we keep saying they're going into LA. We saw it last night with the uh, the amount of Bills fans were at the, were at the game. I'd imagine come Sunday four twenty five, the place is probably going to be seventy percent Raiders fans. Let's see. Uh, obviously, the Chargers had a big Super Bowl party. Um, on in Santa Monica and then for Super Bowl it was great crack even though they weren't playing uh, Owens big Chargers fans saying it's a revenge game for the Chargers a point lots seem to be missing I agree uh, and a lot of different fans there saying uh, Al saying as a Charger fan not looking forward to the Raider offensive weapons behind Jesse Jackson uh, and Tranquil popped up an injury report today so uh, that is our thoughts we've all got the Chargers winning apart from Brian's got the Raiders winning and Mark you got a final point in this game yeah, because it's the one we didn't say and kind of Owen alludes to the revenge game. Remember, this is how the season, regular season ended for these two teams. Like that infamous game that could have ended in a draw. So if you're a Charger fan, you're sitting here going like, we have waited a long, hard time now. And they're almost, I would imagine, delighted to be kicking off against the Raiders to try to right the wrongs of the past regular NFL season. NFL season kicks off on Sunday. Thanks very much if you're listening to the podcast. Please do follow, subscribe. Please leave us a rating. Thank you, folks. In this final segment, we're going to look at the game between the Chiefs and the Cardinals, and we're also going to look at Sunday Night Football on the Irish NFL show, presented by Cassidy Travel. Also got a link for Cassidy Travel and a link for NFL Game Pass. We're doing giveaways all weekend on social. Check it out. Column, uh, you're a big admirer of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. This is an interesting game because a lot of people are very down on the Cardinals, and a lot of people are down on Cliff Kingsbury. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs last season did not play to their fullest extent because they didn't go to the Super Bowl. How do you see this? Because for me, it's a fascinating matchup between Kyler Murray, who got his way. He's been doing a lot of homework over the last few weeks, and uh, it's going to be a fun matchup. Yeah, well, it tells us something about the Chiefs when not they don't go to the Super Bowl and it's a, a disappointment. I asked if the last game would be the game where we saw the most combined passing yards. I could equally ask the same question about this game because I think both of these uh, sides will uh, be air, airing it out. Uh, possibly the, the only thing maybe more certain than that will be uh, Juju and Jackson Mahomes in a pre-game TikTok dance. So keep an eye out for that um look the the chiefs have won seven straight season openers they've won a record six afc uh west titles in a row andy reed is an absolute magician it doesn't seem to matter who the quarterback is but having the, uh, the quarterback be patrick mahomes makes it uh all that um you know easier for for him i am really can't wait to see what they're going to dial up, what the offense looks like this year. The Cardinals, we were always down on them at the start of the season because it always ends so poorly and then they they start well but it's going to be really difficult without Hopkins um so to to me the the Chiefs need their pass rush right last year they had 31 sacks in 
um, in the regular season, the fourth fewest in the NFL. They brought in Carl Aftis. I expect that to be better this year. It, it has to be. And for that reason, I'm going to say um, that between the improvements on, um, I think, the pass rush and Patrick Mahomes maybe finding his form once again, the Chiefs are starting 1-0. Um, I don't know if you took the opportunity to look at the Cardinals' injury report, Stephen, which is, has got worse as the hours have gone on. So now we're at the stage where Byron Murphy, cornerback, is unlikely to play. Mullins, the cornerback with toe injury, he's now officially out. Uh, Watt is unlikely to play. Zach Ertz is unlikely to play. And Moore, the uh, second round wide receiver, has been officially ruled out of the game, who was the step up to Cork. With all those injuries, I find it very difficult to see how a Cardinals team that I didn't think would beat this Chiefs team in the first place, can live with the uh, live with the, live with the Chiefs. They get into a high-scoring game, yeah, I can see it been a bit of a ding-dong, maybe in the fourth quarter they can find a way to get it over the line, but I think the Chiefs, who we haven't really spoke too much about, have quietly gone about their business in the off-season, and the expectations have lessened for this team. They may have missed the boat in terms of they've had these opportunities over the course of the last four years to win Super Bowls. We touched on it when we did the show in the Aviva when we had John Gallagher, who was a Chiefs fan. He, he touched on the, the difficult defeat to the Patriots. They then win the Super Bowl. They then lose the Super Bowl. They then throw away the championship game. Has their time come and gone? And they really should potentially have won two or three Super Bowls. But Andy Reid is Andy Reid. He's a great head coach. And Mahomes is still arguably one of the best in the league. And on Sunday, we'll see again the Chiefs team that we've seen evolve. And I think the Chiefs will win this game comfortably. Um, we just talked about the Chargers game. I, one little tidbit. Josh Harris, long snapper for the Chargers, the highest paid long snapper in the league. Don't, don't say that we don't give you all of the detail in relation to it. And I mention it because then you go to the quarterback position on the other end of the spectrum and two of the highest paid quarterbacks in the entire league will be uh, matching up against each other. One of them has done a lot to deserve that. The other one has still a hell of a lot to prove. And in fact, when you consider that Kyler Murray is going to take up a greater percentage of the cap uh, this year than Patrick Mahomes, um, that's not good structure in my mind in relation to it from the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm not still convinced um, that he is the long-term solution and he can make it as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He has performed some miracles at times. Uh, we won't ever forget, I think, the Hale Murray against the Bills to win the game. His athleticism is off the charts. But has he proved it week in, week out? We've talked before about the Cliff Kingsbury slow swoon towards the end of the season. This Cardinals team is going to have to hit the ground fast and hard and hit the ground running to make an impression this year, bearing in mind still playing the NFC West with the Rams and the 49ers are going to be very tough to contend with, even with the Rams losing, obviously, on Thursday night. Um, with that all being said, I don't think the Chiefs are unstoppable or in anything like the force they've been in previous years. The loss of Tyreek Hill, albeit they've made steps with Juju Smith-Schuster, for example, to create for some of that. Some Chiefs fans are very excited about some of the younger wide receivers emerging and coming through. Um, but they, I think they take a little bit of a step down from the top of the throne. The Cardinals, however, have a longer step to take in my mind. And I just can't see that they can put it together successfully. Chiefs, for me to win this game, and the Cards to have a long season ahead, locked in with Kyler. 
In terms of what Mark made reference to there, the Cardinals opened up against the Chiefs. They then have the Raiders and the Rams in the first three weeks of the season. In week five, they play the Eagles. In week seven, they play the Saints. In week eight, they play the Vikings. And in week 10, they play the Rams again. And oh yeah, and then they got the 49ers and the Chargers. A bye week against the Patriots. I'm only joking, Mark. I hope the Patriots win that game just for you. Uh, they've got a really, really difficult schedule. So it's not going to be like a 7-0 situation again this year. If it is, that's... <laughs> Jesus, that's unreal. Um school started again last week at least it did in the north and presumably did in the south as well um and kyler murray got homework kyler murray's homework was to go off and look exactly how uh, the kansas city defense prepares itself for quarterbacks for athletic quarterbacks i don't think kyler murray is going to sleep on saturday night uh, the, re- the reality of this game is Patrick Mahomes has now got new offensive weapons where he's got Juju. He still has big Travis and he's now got uh, Sky Moore as well, who's like wide receiver free, which says a lot. Uh, yes, they've lost guys like uh, Ward. They've lost the Honey Badger, but they've still got Frank Clark there. They've still got an unbelievable safety in Justin Reed there as well. Um, they'll comfortably win this game. Comfortably. And I just can't see how Cliff Kingsbury can set up a team to uh, win this game personally. Mark, you got a quick point to make? Uh, just you mentioned schedule the Chiefs I think their first 10 games are against teams with winning records from last season it's regarded as the toughest strength of schedule ever in the history of the NFL it's never happened before in that regard so they, they need that quick start as well yes and when you've got two other AFC West teams playing each other at the same time and the Broncos playing the Seahawks on Monday they need to get off to a quick start as well uh, okay so let's look at Sunday Night Football uh, the last game of the week before Monday Night Football obviously duh that's how it works waiting all day for Sunday night uh, thanks to the comment in Twitter live saying Chiefs with 5 exclamation marks Bucks going up against the Cowboys in Jerry World uh, Colin what a season has been for the Tampa Bay Bucks and my Jesus what a season has been for Dallas we think it's interesting to bring back a 40 year old during the week sounds like one of you lads making a run out for Dallas someday lads Jerry Jones is the biggest obstacle to the Dallas Cowboys having any success. The sooner Jerry sells the, the team, the better. They, If they had Paris Hilton as the owner, uh, they would be better off. It's a Tom Brady's universe. The Bucs are going to win double-digit games. The Bucs are winning this. We're on to Cincinnati. Alan was nice and sharp at that game, wasn't he? Um, there's a couple of storylines here. We touched on... Uh, you're looking forward to see how this Raiders and Chargers game is going to go in terms of how the season finished for the, for the Chargers last year. Let's not forget how the season finished for those poor Cowboys, you know, scrambling up to the line, trying to get a snap off to get it, you know, to spike the ball to get that field goal to, to get themselves an opportunity in overtime against those 49ers. They have been reading off that defeat for months and end so much that they've actually lost a lot of players. They've gone backwards. And I think it's fair to say most Cowboys fans would even would even be uh, said it's a fair comment. But... Again, it hasn't got any bearing in the past week. And once I could see for a long time why people were saying, this is not a great matchup for the Bucks going into Dallas Open night. The Cowboys be well up for what's happened over the past week. He's, uh, Michael's called it. Marcus Peters has come in. I'm not sure if he's going to play at left tackle. If he does, which I, is probably a bit of a stretch, he's then going to have to support a, a new rookie who's going to play left guard who essentially they didn't expect to play for four to five weeks because Deirdre Smith is gone till December. So their influx on the offensive line, I don't see Dak Prescott can being able to consistently stand there on and get get the ball off. I think the front seven of the Bucks will do damage and I think Brady will have a game himself. Um but I don't think it'll be the storyline of the game. Brady's performance will be more so around the fact that the Cowboys can't get it going offensively and the Bucks will win. 
Uh, the River Lethe, or Lethe, is one of the five rivers in the underworld in Hades. And uh, if you drink from it, guys, that you forget everything. It's the source of forgetfulness and amnesia. It surrounds the cave of hypnos, or hypnosis, obviously, for Richard Derivates. And the reality is, we go as we go into week one, we all sometimes drink from the River Lethe and forget and forget what happened last year and forget the, the history of the past. Week one's a great week for forgetfulness. You like to forget last year that the Packers lost 31-3 and to the Saints and then got it out of their system. The, the Jags one year won their first game and then probably lost the next 15 games. That was before Urban Meyer. You didn't think it could get worse. We also forget that this last time last year, this was the opening game of the NFL season, and it was a cracking game between two high-powered offenses. We were w- well entertained by it, and obviously Brady led them to a victory in the end, but Prescott maxed him uh, all the way through. I don't see that same capability this year. I think Prescott and the Cowboys' offense still has the capability to surprise and shock. Micah Parsons is still an unbelievable talent, but as Brian alludes to, they're missing too many parts. I also think the Bucks will be very choppy, though. That O-line still needs to bet in. Brady, Michael, you've alluded to missing time in camp and having to adapt to new receivers and things like that. But still... The 45-year-old Tom Brady, you mentioned the 40-year-old come back in, the 45-year-old Tom Brady will have enough on his march to 100,000 yards and will beat the Cowboys, who he has never, ever, ever lost to one more time before he finally walks off into the sunset. Or have I heard that before? One more time before he finally walks off into the sunset. Let's go back to December the 20th last year. Your boy was at the Packers-Ravens game. Shout out to the Ravens for the hospitality. And shout out to John Harper for going for it uh, on fourth down or for the two-point conversion. can't remember. It was that bad. Uh, anyway, I got back to the hotel and I put the TV on, got some take-in food or some delivering food. And this is going somewhere. Don't worry. And I watched Sunday Night Football and I watched a 45-year-old Tom Brady have a shutout against the New Orleans Saints. And I watched the man start to decline very, very, very briefly. Rush, uh, pass forward or go forward another three and a half months later and Tom Brady retires. Go forward another, well, I can't even remember the days anymore. The head coach is suddenly gone. Now Todd Bowles is in. Oh, and now Tom's back. Because Tom didn't get what he wanted, or he was home. A bit like my dad, whenever he went for, and if you're watching this, John, hello, whenever he uh, worked at home for three months for the first time in 20 odd years when COVID happened and was suddenly back in the office after three months. Tom Brady was back playing football again. Ali Marpe is gone. Ryan Jensen has been replaced by Robert Hinsey, and Alex Kappa has been replaced by Shaq Mason. Their offensive line is weak, to say the least. And. I am not convinced until I see, like Brian's talking about a shutout win on Sunday night, or like a big win, sorry, for the Bucks, or a, a blowout win, or a Comfortable con- considerable win. win. Comfortable. Huh? Comfortable, okay, yeah. okay. I have the Cowboys winning this. I have the Cowboys winning on Sunday night football. I don't think, sorry, Mark, for not putting your thing on the screen. I don't think it's that much of an upset. The Cowboys are going to be up for the stack. Prescott embarrassed himself and the team embarrassed himself the way the season ended last year. They're going to be up for it. Uh, I know they've got a few injuries in the sense of, is it Amari? It's not Amari Cooper, Jesus. Who's out? Who's out? What wide receiver's out? Um, it's Gallop. lost. Gallop's out, but it's still got CD Lamb. And I'm going to say right now, Ezekiel Elliott will go over 80 yards rushing on Sunday. 
why not? Uh, but I think Tom Brady's going to struggle against Dallas, and I think questions, I think we'll have a whole segment in this on Monday night at 9 o'clock, lads. I'm taking the Cowboys to beat the Bucks, and I can't wait to watch it live on Sunday night, and just obviously um, a very, very exciting game as well. Any very quick points before we roll off? Yeah, I do. Your your friend, you did a very good piece there on what a Cowboys a win. You, you asked her in that when Brady came back. He came back on unlucky number for most of the league, number 13. He came back on the 13th of March. And number 13 is Evans. He's going to have a great game on Sunday night. Imagine you get a couple of touchdowns. There are a lot of comments here tonight, but I'll give a shout out. Uh, Fred said Brian looks he's playing Super Mario Brothers and he's very happy. He does, and there was a comment as well about his pajamas. I didn't put it on the screen earlier on. Thanks to everyone who's commented. Uh, Sean Payton would not like dealing with Jerry Jones, and there was another comment as well about Sean Payton he could be in. We'll talk about that on Monday night, lads, just to get more on that in that sense. We are back at 9 o'clock on Monday night, 9 p.m. We're presented by Cassidy Travel. Please check the bio. Get in contact with Cassidy Travel for the best travel deals in the market, whether you're in Ireland or the UK. You can fly from Dublin. You can call them. The number's in the bio below on the podcast or on the YouTube channel. We've got NFL Game Pass giveaways going on all weekend. And uh, click the link if you want to sign up. It'll help us as well. Uh, we will see you on Monday nights. Uh, that's us, lads, yeah? All good? Enjoy week one. Excellent. Enjoy week one uh, and seven hours of commercial free football start right now. Nice.